Stalking Awareness Month. It's a yearly call to action to recognize and respond to the serious crime of stalking. Joining us this morning is Daya's Director of Outreach, Pam Otal, um, to explain what stalking is and how it can occur and what we can do to support the victims and the survivors. So let's dive in. How are you, Pam? I'm doing good. Yeah, so excited to talk about this topic. Yes, me too. How was your How's your New Year started so far? Uh, so New Year's, lots of family, lots of sugar too. <laughs> I know, I know. I've had a, a high sugar high since um, what two, three weeks now, and now I'm like trying to cut down sugar. Yes. Actually, cut it out altogether starting today. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Last year lasted about two days. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully three days this year. Um, so. Let's um, go ahead and start uh, our topic. So what is stalking? Yeah, perfect question to start off with. So by definition, stalking is a pattern of repeated and unwanted attention, harassment, contact, or any other course of contact directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to feel fear. Mm -hmm. And over the last 15 years, the incidence of stalking through the use of technology, uh, more commonly known as cyber stalking, has also sharply increased. Um, and the term refers to the use of like internet, email, um, social media, or other telecommunications or electronic technologies to mm -hmm. harass or stalk another person. And perpetrators can use technology by itself to stalk a victim or in conjunction with an ongoing pattern of conventional stalking. Um, it's also important to note that stalking is a crime under federal law. It is very much illegal. Right. And in recent years, legal definitions of stalking have uh, expanded to include the use of technology to stalk. Um, in practice, however, um, cultural norms and meaning affect the way that stalking is defined in different communities. Like in the Desi community, there is a lot of toxic messaging regarding stalking. In many, many Bollywood movies, stalking mm -hmm. is portrayed as somewhat like romantic. Yeah. Stalkers are kind of seen as these like loyal lovers and victims are kind of seen as having like too much like nakre or like attitude. Mm -hmm. um, but let's be clear, there is nothing romantic, cute, flattering or otherwise desirable about stalking. Um, and because of this kind of cultural normalization, many South Asian victims can have trouble recognizing that they're experiencing stalking and therefore they don't get help. Yeah, that is a scary thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, just, absolutely. you know, like we live in a world of where social media is so prevalent and it scares me because obviously like my kids are growing in this world now. And being when I was younger, we didn't have all these things. Obviously, Facebook started in what two thousand five or four, something like that. Yeah, I think so. And so that's when I was already in my twenties. So um, I'm just giving out my age here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, you know, it, it it wasn't as scary. And now I feel like you know, Snapchat. There's Instagram. There's TikTok, there's uh, Facebook, there's so many different social media outlets that it's easier to stalk a person, you know. So, I mean, it, it's just a scary word out there. And hopefully by this show, we can spread that awareness and uh, shed some light and hopefully make people know that these things are wrong and what to look for, right? No, absolutely. So what can happen if you're stalked? Uh, so stalking behavior can take many forms, um, including but not limited to uh, like making threats against someone or that person's family or friends. Um, Non-consensual communication, such as repeated phone calls, emails, text messages, and unwanted gifts. 
repeated physical or visual closeness, like waiting for someone to arrive at certain locations, following someone or watching someone from a distance, uh, spreading rumors about the victim, leaving unwanted items and gifts for the victim, um, and any other behavior used to contact, harass, track, or threaten someone, um, wow. like singing Tuhankar, Yanaka, Tuhemerikiren. Yeah, there's stalking can happen in a manner of different ways. And like yeah. taken individually, it's kind of hard to pinpoint like, oh, this is stalking behavior, but kind of put together, you can see that it is a pattern. Mm-hmm. And um, a recent study by the U.S. Department of Justice found that the top two forms of stalking behaviors experienced by victims were um, one, unwanted phone calls and messages, and the second most was unwanted letters and emails. Um, moreover, as I said before, we see perpetrators increasingly rely on technology. As technology evolves, unfortunately, so do perpetrators. Um, and so some examples of cyber stalking include like persistently sending unwanted communication through the internet, um, such as spanning someone's email inbox or social media platform, like their direct messages, posting or threatening uh, uh personal information about someone on public internet forums, Um, video voyeurism, or like installing video cameras that give the stalker access to someone's personal life. And that could also include like hacking into someone's like CCTV cameras that they have, using GPS or other software tracking systems um, like Apple AirTags to monitor someone without their knowledge or consent. Email spoofing, um, where the perpetrator sends emails pretending to be the victim text messaging and sexting. So that's sending um, sort of sexually explicit text messages or photos like without like any prompting. They just send it out to the victim. Creating social media accounts to harass, threaten, or denigrate the victim um, and even person impersonating the victim on social media. So pretending to be them, like creating accounts saying that they're, you know, they're you and using that to kind of harass them. Online impersonation of the victim, um, so through like a false identity or account, um, can also be used to place like online sex ads or to like solicit sex. Um, so people, some like we've heard stories where people would go up to the victim's house and say like, "Oh, I'm like responding yeah, to this." I've ad. seen that in yeah. movies, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, that does happen That's in real crazy. life. Yeah. And then, yeah, lastly, using someone's computer um, or like installing spyware to track their computer activity. So, yeah, in general, as technology and digital platforms continue to grow, so do the chances that someone can interact with you in an unwanted manner. Um, and not all of these behaviors on their own, again, can be considered stalking. But with that context and that repetition, they can be violating and make victims feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. These behaviors in person and online convey the stalker's kind of omnipotence and omnipresence, leaving the victim feeling like they cannot escape. Like, even though it's a lot uh, like an unlocked room, they just kind of feel trapped yeah, in there. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I mean, just how you should you feel so vulnerable, like mm-hmm. everything around you, you won't can't trust because right. your if your your whole life is surrounded by this person. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's scary to think that stalking also kind of has no time limit. Like it could just be days, weeks and months, even some stalking can go on for years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So who is at risk for being stalked? 
Um, well, anyone can technically be a victim of stalking, but there are certain populations that are at higher risk. Yeah. Um, namely, people aged 18 to 24 have the highest rate of stalking victimization. And most stalking victims, like both male and female, were first stalked as teens or young adults before the age of 25. Wow. Um, so college can be an especially vulnerable place. And although stalking is gender-neutral behavior, studies confirm that the majority of victims are female and that the primary perpetrators or like stalkers are male. In fact, four out of every five stalking victims are women. Um, and stalking can take on specific tactics and implications when abusers identify characteristics that they can exploit as part of the abuse. Um, so that can include sexual orientation and gender identity. And so as such, LGBTQIA individuals experience higher rates of stalking than cisgender and heterosexual populations. Um, but overwhelmingly, victims are most likely to be stalked by a current or former intimate partner during the relationship um, after it ends or at both points in time. So experiencing domestic abuse is one of the most reliable predictors of stalking. You know, it's so important to educate our children and all this. And I'm so happy that you guys are here today. I mean, from Daya and just uh, spreading this awareness because there's a lot of things that go on that none of us really care to like um, speak about because everything Absolutely. is just so taboo and we just want to keep it under the wraps. Like if it's not spoken about, it's not being, it's not happening, mm -hmm. but that's not the case. It is happening. And we need to talk to our children to our adult children as well and let them know that, you know, these are the signs to look for and you got to be careful out there. Right. So it, it's just, it's a scary world. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Like stalking has such serious effects on victims. So we need to take it seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, who are stalkers? So in movies and, you know, those TV serials, stalkers are often portrayed as a kind of shadowy strangers or yes. mysterious secret admirers. But in reality, the vast majority of stalkers know their victims. So four out of five stalking victims are stalked by someone they know and less than 20 percent are actually stalked by strangers. So two in five stalking victims or 40 percent identify their stalker as a current or former intimate partner. Wow. Um, and many victims are also stalked by an acquaintance, a family member, or a person of authority, like their supervisor or a teacher. Um, and males, again, are overwhelmingly more likely to be perpetrators. In fact, even male victims were as likely to report being stalked by a male as they were by a female offender. Um, wow. And this can be, I think, attributed to patriarchal structures in which we teach boys and men that they're entitled to pursue the female of their desire, whether or not like she reciprocates. Um, and there can also be kind of a tragic symmetry between the victim forced to live an increasingly restricted life in a state of constant fear and the stalker kind of devoting all their time and resources to damaging and ultimately self-defeating pursuit. Um, this is not to argue that there is like an equivalence between the victim and the perpetrator. Um, stalking is most definitely a conscious choice of the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. But stalking um, may continue over a number of years and with perpetrators becoming deeply invested in their behavior. Some perpetrators even lose their job as a result, which in turn increases their time and capacity to modify or escalate their stalking behavior. 
year. So it's stalking both the victims and the perpetrators live um, can be laid to waste. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So um, how many people are stalked? Um, or why do people stalk actually okay. stalk others? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great question. Um, so similar to, um, Oh, sorry. Crimes of sexual violence or intimate partner violence. Stalking is about power and control. Uh, motivation for stalking is not primarily sexual, but it's more likely to include anger and hostility towards the victim, often stemming from actual or perceived rejection of the stalker by the victim. Um, stalking is also often a form of escalation in domestic violence. Uh, perpetrators use stalking as a way to gain control over their victim. Mm-hmm. Um, in other ways of gaining control or feelings, stalking may be a different and more serious way for a perpetrator to kind of exert their power. And some stalkers have a mistaken belief that another person loves them or that they need rescuing. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, there is no single like psychological or behavioral profile that kind of predicts what stalkers will or will not do. And stalkers' behavior can escalate from more indirect ways of making contact, like, you know, phone calls or texts to more direct contact, like delivering gifts or showing up where the victim is. Um, and I definitely feel like media also plays an important role. Yeah. yeah um, due to the portrayals of male stalking behavior is kind of acceptable and yeah. influencing men into thinking that it's normal, especially in South Asian cultures where actors are literally called yeah. heroes. Um, <laughs> For example, like when a film hero stalks and forces his unwanted attention on the heroine, it ends up getting the girl. It sends the most outrageous message to the public that a woman's no means yes. Mm. Um, And as common as it is to find stalkers on the streets of India, one can't deny that a lot of them are often inspired by the films that we grew up watching. And these plots that kind of drive a lot of Hindi cinema. Um, and a roadside stalker is glorified in the name of like ashiki or love and possessiveness is celebrated. Yeah. And so for years, Bollywood has created sympathy for such, you know, like characters, really stalkers. Mm-hmm. Um, think of the movies like uh, Dar, uh, Toilet Ek Prem Kata, Badrinath Ki Dulhania, Kabir Singh, Ranjana, and many, many more. Um, and again, stalkers also face risks, um, but few stalkers can kind of see beyond their dangerous fixation um, to the dangers for them that are inherent in continuing this pursuit. Like one risk is that their stalking will continue and become all consuming, um, kind of this entire preoccupation on its own, undermining their social and psychological functioning. Um, and another risk is that their actions will um, attract condemnation from their peers and eventually accountability in the justice system so there's a lot of complexity to why people stalk like cultural factors yeah um society how we're structured like a lot of it kind of layers together to create this culture where it's accepted unfortunately and taught openly yeah i feel like the indian uh the movie industry has gotten better Mm -hmm. um to certain like more realistic roles and stuff but again these still exist and and all these young boys or, or, or girls that are watching this thinking that it's okay. It's not okay. Right. <laughs> it's not okay. So um, how many people are stopped? 
Um, yeah, so stalking is disturbing and criminal, but sadly not unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, stalking is a prevalent victimization across the United States with numbers that rival rates of intimate partner and sexual violence. And it's estimated that one in three women and one in six men will experience stalking in their lifetimes. Um, and yeah. that 13.5 million people are stalked every year. Um, so even though these numbers are staggering, um, stalking occurs much more frequently than the, these reports and statistics actually indicate, yeah. um, meaning that there is a large discrepancy between the number of victims who've experienced stalking and the number of crimes that actually were reported. Yeah. And a recent survey found that slightly more than half of female stalking victims reported their stalking to the police. And of those, only 13% reported that their cases were criminally prosecuted. Um, so there has also been an increase in recorded stalking offenses with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, like as lockdowns, mm-hmm. like everyone had to kind of stay at home and made victims more vulnerable. Uh, but this coincided with a decrease in charges being brought against perpetrators. Um, and furthermore, studies show that prosecuting perpetrators does not necessarily lead to the secession of stalking behavior. Sometimes even though stalkers can go to jail, they yeah. might come out and keep uh, doing like continuing their behavior. Um, so there definitely needs to be more accountability, more um, services provided to perpetrators as well to kind of help them kind of break out of their own cycle that they're yeah. stuck in. And so you have these barriers in the criminal justice system for victims coupled with, you know, that cultural stigma means that stalking will remain unfortunately an underreported crime. Wow. I always wonder where all these, um, uh, how it starts, why mm-hmm. people do what they do. Right. You know, I know the, there's a lot of things that start like psychologically, like starts from childhood, but then there's a lot of things like stalking. Like, I wonder if that's something that stems from childhood or uh, not being, um, I guess, being neglected or again, I'm not, not a psychologist, but I always wonder how that, that happens and why it happens. No, I absolutely like it is kind of fascinating to kind of think about like it, what drives a person to do something that harms someone else so much. Yeah. And I think, again, it is kind of this like layered complexity, like probably their childhood, how they were raised, their family units, what was kind of modeled to them as yeah. healthy relationship behavior. And then if you grew up watching Bollywood movies, you <laughs> saw like, you know, uh, Ahmed Khan continually harassed like Madhuri Dixit in the movie, yep. but at the end they ended up together. Like, who wouldn't want to marry what was Madhuri that movie? Dixit? I Dil. don't. Dil? Dil? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, sorry. Where he's like uh, Kieran? She was Kieran? No, 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 that, no was, that was Dar. That yeah. was Dar. Yeah. yeah. But um, um, Madhuri yeah. and Amir was. Uh, was it Afsana Piarka or something like that? I think that might have been the name of it. Um. But yeah, like the little boys seeing this, like uh-huh. they see that, like, you know, doing this behavior can get you the pretty girl. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. they kind of learn. Yeah. They internalize that, like, oh, okay, so I just have to keep going at it. Like, yeah. don't take no for an answer. Just keep pushing. Her no means yes. Yeah, like exactly. Said, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a, a very scary thought because, I mean, these are the things that we are feeding to our young yeah, generation. That's true. That's so, uh, 
Yeah. So um, what are signs that someone is stalking you? So stalking behaviors are varied and may change over time. Uh, most stalkers engage in multiple task- tactics to scare their victims. So it's important to trust your instincts. Victims of stalking often feel pressured by family or by friends to kind of downplay the stalker's behavior. But stalking possesses a real threat of harm. Your safety is paramount. Um, and so here are some ways to kind of identify healthy and unhealthy and concerning behaviors that may require additional support. Um, so one, healthy boundaries are uh, like you say no and the other person respectfully leaves and does not contact you again. Uh, unhealthy behaviors are when you say no and the other person contacts you again. Um, and consider discussing with someone or documenting what's happening when you say no again and the other person tries to talk you into saying yes and continues to contact you and or like they contact you more often. And then consider calling the police or seeking help um, like from a place like Daya when uh, you are contacted repeatedly, the other person shows up where you are indirectly threatens you is disrespectful and does not take no for an answer. Um, and call 911 when the other person directly threatens you, tries to physically harm you, um, harms you or damages your property, including your pets. And gender, socialization and cultural norms can definitely influence how someone will react to being stalked and the choice to stalk someone. Um, for South Asian women, we're often taught to kind of have a very minimal emotional reaction mm-hmm. to cope with, you know, troubling situations like stalking very privately as to not bring any shame or dishonor to the family. Um, and because of this cultural of silence, stalking can permeate communities and leave victims feeling as if they have no one to turn to for support. Okay, um, let's take a real quick break. And when we get back, all of you that have just tuned in, we are in conversation with Pam Otal, uh, Daya's Director of Outreach, and we are talking about stalking, what it is, ways to prevent it, what you can do, and um, signs of stalking. So what should you do if you're being stalked? So stalking either in person, online, or via technology can be unsettling and even dangerous. So if you discover that you are currently being stalked, please know you are right to be concerned. Stalking may escalate in behavior, so consider the following tips to increase your safety and effectively report the crime. Um, so one, if it's safe, try to avoid the person stalking you. Um, this can be difficult at times, especially if the person stalking you is close to you or your family, or if you share children together. Two, if you are being stalked um, through communication technology like email or text messaging, make it clear that you wish to stop contact. And once you've made it clear, do not respond to further communication. Three, keep an accurate uh, journal or log of all incidences or um, evidence connected to the stalking, such as any text messages, voicemails, letters, packages, emails, etc. Um, and you can do this by taking stream, uh, screenshots of conversations or even printing out email exchanges. Um, and four, become familiar with computer safety and ways to stay safe online. Uh, techsafetyapp.org is a great resource um, where you can learn about how you can stay safe when you're on the internet, how you can stay safe when you're using your phone. Um, and then five, inform family, friends, supervisors, and coworkers of the situation. 
Um, and six, if you have children, create a code word that lets them know that they need to leave the house or to call the police. Um, and lastly, call Daya's confidential helpline at 713-981-7645 for in-depth safety planning support and consider reporting um, the stalking to the local law enforcement as well. And if you're young, I would suggest letting your parents know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to tell them. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so what are some red flags that someone you know is being stalked? Um, so stalking can be very difficult for outsiders to spot. Uh, many stalking victims do not use the words like stalking or fear to like describe what they're going through or to kind of describe their experiences. Um, they're more likely to say something like, uh, my ex is bothering me, an old coworker is being weird, or my neighbor is harassing me. Um, and sometimes the stalker's actions don't necessarily seem scary, um, and it can be hard for the victim to explain. Um, and many stalkers' behaviors can seem like innocuous or even desirable to outsiders, um, for example, like sending expensive gifts. Mm -hmm. But that fear, again, is contextual. What is scary to one person may not be scary to another. And in stalking cases, many of the behaviors are only scary to a victim because of their relationship with the stalker. For example, like a bouquet of roses is not necessarily scary on its own. But when a victim receives a bouquet from an abusive former intimate partner who they uh, recently relocated to get away from and they did not think the perpetrator knew where their new home was, this flower delivery becomes something that's terrifying and threatening. So um, if you do notice a potential victim like acting fearfully, it's essential to check in with them to understand why certain behaviors or actions kind of trigger their reaction. And in a recent survey, 86% of victims reported their personalities has changed as a result of being stalked. And for the vast majority of stalking victims, the unending, nerve-wracking uncertainty is the crime's kind of cruelest aspect. Um, one stalking victim said that her experience was like being at war. Many victims are constantly waiting for something terrible to happen, causing unbelievable stress, tension, and pressure. Um, and so accordingly, many victims are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, and stalking victims suffer much higher rates of depression, anxiety, insomnia, and social dysfunction than the general population. Um, but one of the easiest red uh, flags to kind of spot for stalking is if a victim is isolated. Isolation is often heightened in cases where the stalker is a former intimate partner and in a relationship where the perpetrator exerted like high levels of control, the victim's support network has often been stripped away. So are there things that you do that might put a victim of stalking in danger? Um, yeah, definitely. I think first uh, would be not believing victims when they disclose that they're being stalked mm -hmm. or kind of dismissing their concerns. Um, this is especially true for parents whenever your children come to you and kind of tell tell you what's going on. Yeah. Stalking uh, victims need to be believed. They need to have their feelings validated and not have their experiences like minimized or trivialized. 
Um, the fear of not being believed and the fear of the consequences of reporting are a common reason why victims of stalking uh, tend to remain silent. Yeah. Um, and physical safety is a priority for stalking victims. So in order to escape the perpetrator, an individual may be forced to move to another city or state. And stalkers would um, often use any tactic possible, like including like tricking family or friends to find out where uh, their current whereabouts are. Um, so be mindful to not share the victim's information, um, even if the perpetrator is a friend or relative. Um, this includes not sharing location information on social media posts or like other apps. Um, and many victims can also have their online communication, like their phones or their laptops tracked. Um, and some wow. can even have their homes like bugged with listening devices or cameras. Um, so it can be hard for them to communicate safely. Uh, so be sure not to send like text messages or messaging them like anything in writing about the stalking as it can kind of put them in danger. Um, it's also important to not tell the victim to report the stalking to the police or to immediately flee. Often attempts by victims to distance themselves from their stalker can aggravate the stalking behavior and increase the risk of serious harm to the victim. Um, instead, encourage them to contact Daya's confidential helpline. Again, the number is 713-981-7645 for help developing a safely plan. Um, and also in general, one thing that we should also stop doing would uh, be like the casual use of the word stalking. Yeah. Um, like, I love Shahrukh Khan so much. I'm his number one stalker. When what you mean is I closely like follow his Instagram feed. Um, like that's, that's not stalking. That's just being a fan. Um, and so obviously this is not the cause of stalking behavior, but it can like dilute the seriousness of the term and create this false sense. Um, that stalking is kind of a trivial manner. It's not really like a something to take serious when in reality it is anything but. Yeah, absolutely. So how can you help someone who is being stalked? So most victims of stalking talk to a friend, a family member, or someone else they know and trust about the situation before pursuing any sort of professional or um, whenever they call 911. Um, or legal help as well. Um, so if a, a stalking victim talks to you, your response significantly impacts if they feel validated mm -hmm. um, and if they end up seeking help. So if you feel um, your loved one is in immediate danger, consider calling 911. Um, and here are some helpful tips to help you respond. Um, so one, believe and validate victims. Uh, don't question or minimize what they tell you. For example, don't say, well, maybe they just miss you or they probably didn't realize it was bothering you. Um, instead, say that sounds scary or I can see why that would be upsetting. Mm -hmm. um, and two, focus on the offender's actions, not on the victim's responses. Even one in well-intentioned friends can accidentally like blame victims. Yeah. Um, so don't ask questions such as why did you respond to that text message? Um, and like more so kind of focus on the stalker's actions for like, for instance, it's not right that they kept texting you. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, nothing, keep in mind that nothing that the victim did justifies the stalker's behavior. Um, three, support the victim and encourage them to seek help and document the stalking. 
remind victims that this is not their fault. Thank them for trusting you enough to have the conversation um, and help the victim kind of think think through options like reaching out to local service providers or calling the police. Um, and victims may or may not want to take action, um, but it's important to kind of respect their choices that they make. Um, and four would be to respect the victim's privacy. Uh, do not share any information about the victim with the stalker. Um, ask the victim who else they have told and respect their wishes about who they want to share this information with. Uh, refer them to resources like Thaya to make an individual safety plan and to learn more about stalking. Um, and stalkingawareness.org also provides a lot of information on stalking, including um, general safety planning suggestions, statistics, and other information. Um, and five would be to check in. Um, st uh, stalking cases can last a long time. And your loved one's reactions, um, their wants, their needs, their feelings might change over time. So continue to kind of check in and be a source of support. Ask questions like, how can I help you feel safer? Um, ask the victim how they feel safest being contacted and use that kind of method to keep staying in touch with them. So if you're not being stalked, not stalking someone or know someone uh, or or know someone who is, why should you still care about stalking awareness? Um, yeah, so when you learn about stalking behaviors, you're more likely to notice them before they can escalate and you can take steps to protect yourself and your loved ones, like including your children. Like once you know the signs, yeah. you know how you can help them. Yeah. Um, and stalking is often an indicator of other forms of violence. 81% of women who were stalked by a current or former intimate partner were also physically assaulted by that partner. And while 31% were sexually assaulted, um, stalking is a prevalent public health problem and can escalate to severe assaults or even homicide. 76% uh, of women murdered by an intimate partner were stalked by them first. Um, moreover, stalking takes its toll on victims. Stalkers and stalking behavior permeates every aspect of a victim's life, including their mental health, social opportunities, and financial well-being. One in seven stalking victims has been forced to move because of their victimization. One in eight victims have reported losing work because of the stalking. And more than half of these victims reported losing five or more work days. Um, not to mention stalking also kind of harms the economy. Um, the estimated value of lost work days due to intimate partner violence, sexual violence, and stalking is $137.8 billion. Wow. Um, so the collective physical, emotional, and financial costs affect all of us. So we must all care about stalking awareness. Absolutely. <clears throat> so how does Daya help victims of uh, stalking? Yeah, so Daya's focus on the South Asian community is to provide the culturally specific services that meet the needs of the victim and survivor. Um, this focus helps us identify barriers for the community when it comes to accessing help and resources for stalking. Our services are tailor, tailored to meet the needs and empower individuals to be safe and to make the choices that are right for them. Uh, Daya services include our confidential helpline. Again, the number is 713-981-7645, uh, which is answered Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, our detailed and tailored safety planning to help reduce the risk of future harm. Licensed professional counseling, including trauma therapy, 
assistance with navigating the criminal justice system, including filing for personal protection order, PPO, a court-ordered restricted contact um, in order to kind of stop threats and or future violence, um, housing advocacy to help survivors find safe, confidential housing that cannot be traced easily, economic empowerment resources and services, um, and also holistic case management like assistance with public benefits. And all of our services are free and open to anyone who's experiencing or has experienced stalking or abuse. Uh, Daya services are for adults, women, or men, regardless of sexual orientation. And our staff speak the major South Asian languages, including Hindi and Urdu. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And um, is stalking an issue in the South Asian community? Uh, Most assuredly, yes. Um, In India, a stalking case is reported every 55 minutes. Um, And keep in mind that even though that number is staggering, it's still an undercount. Um, And it's alarming that too many women in South Asia and beyond have come to consider stalking kind of a regular occurrence in their daily lives. Um, As women, I think many of us have heard cautionary stories from our mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, and female friends about their stalking experiences, like kind of back home and also here in the West as well. Um, And for many of them, that fear kind of still lingers when they walk down a street, when they see someone staring at them from their rearview mirror, or someone like calls and hangs up. Um, But sadly, um, like in many countries uh, in South Asia, stalking has been normalized and romanticized. Um, Like I mentioned before, the media's kind of distorted portrayals of stalking in films and in TV serials trivializes how dangerous stalking can be Mm -hmm. and the very real harm that it inflicts on victims and their families. Um, Whether it happens in public spaces or at home, The stress and very real danger of stalking can limit a victim's career educational opportunities. And tragically, in many cases, women in South Asia do not report stalking to a family member or to police as the women themselves are often blamed and they risk becoming like ostracized in their community. So uh, what should the Desi community know about stalking? Um, so one, Bollywood has a habit of propagating problematic behavior. Um, time and time again, um, the lead heroes stalk their love interests till the women give up and fall in love with them. Is that romantic? No, uh, just incredibly toxic. Yeah. And we need to make sure we teach this to our children. They should not be expected to accept this behavior if they're a victim. Yeah. And they definitely should not follow this behavior to become stalkers themselves. Um, additionally, technology is increasing um, opportunities for perpetrators to stalk their victims. Um, and this could include, like in the community, it can include your children, include your children's friends. So it's important to teach kids digital safety. Let them know to know, uh, teach them like how to check if their phone is being tracked, if their location is being tracked, how to kind of protect their privacy, um, show them how to change their privacy settings. Um, And it's also essential that we remember to check our own gender bias. Um, While it's true that most victims of stalking are females, males can also be victims. Um, So female victims are more likely to receive counseling and support for victim services agencies like DIA, um, leaving a lot of male victims largely unsupported in our communities. Um, And most importantly, 
Uh, I really would like the DC community to know that stalking is serious and deserves our attention year round. Um, and to please join our efforts and amplify our call to know it, name it, and stop it. And at Daya, we always want to remind you that if you are the victim of abuse or of stalking, um, you are not alone and you definitely do not deserve this. Give us a call at 713-981-7645 or go to our website, diahouston.org, to connect with a client advocate today. Wow. Thank you. And so it is 2023. So give us some information what's happening with Daya. Um, yeah, so last year was an amazing year of growth for Daya, and we definitely <laughs> want to keep the momentum going. Um, this year, we're planning many great events for the community to connect with us and to learn how they can support survivors. So if you're not already, uh, please do follow us on social media at Daya Houston to stay up to date on all of our upcoming events and to learn more about Daya and our services. And we're also hiring. Um, so we're oh. looking for a counselor and a client advocate to join our client services team. Uh, for more information and to apply, please visit diahouston.org slash job opportunities. Um, and of course, we look forward to joining you all again next month to talk about building healthy relationships. Yes, I can't wait for that. Um, I can't believe the time just flies whenever you it guys does. are on the show. It, <laughs> you know, and, and we really appreciate all the information that you bring month to month to us. And it's, it's, it's definitely eye-opening and it's very informative. So we appreciate you guys a lot. Um, again, uh, listeners, you are listening to Chai Time here on 99.5 FM. We appreciate you tuning in with us every month, um, every Monday. <laughs> and, uh, we look forward to, uh, speaking with you guys again next Monday, Monday. Um, thank you for joining in. Have a wonderful week ahead and a blessed year ahead. Thank you. Bye-bye.